In today's show, we look back at Sunday's action. I hope you won your fantasy matchup, whether it's to get into the playoffs, whether it's during the playoffs, whatever the situation. Some big games, lots to talk about. Michael Bolton, he's sitting in. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LockedOn. That's PricePix.com and the promo code is LockedOn. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, we're here to talk about 10 games from Sunday. Congratulations if you made it through your week one of the playoffs. Congratulations if you made it into the playoffs. At the time of me recording this, it looks like I'm going to make it through the first round of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl playoffs. We'll see though. The, the, the games, me starting to record this, the games aren't finished. There's one game left. I think I'm going to make it, but hey. We will see how that ends up by the end of the show, whether I'm in uh, tears or I'm happy to get through to the final four of uh, of my division there. Anyway, we're going to talk about all of the stuff that happened across Sunday. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. We'll talk a little bit more about this later, but Shea Gildas-Alexander is back. But is he? I mean, yes, he is, but is he? Now, some things came out from Mark Dagnot today saying that the abdominal injury that Shea has suffered, the only real way to fix this is through through rest, very similar to the abdominal injury that Damian Lillard has had in the past. Um, and they said, look, we're going to be, we're just going to try and manage it because if this was an injury in October, he would just sit out and he'd get healthy and he'd come back. And Dagnot said, because it's not, there's only 19 games left. Well, we're going to manage him through the rest of the season because we want him to play we're going to have to watch what we do in terms of rotations and how many minutes in a row he plays. We're going to have to watch what happens on back-to-backs. Now, the immediate thing that 95% of people reading that said, well, he's getting shut, he's shut down. He's done. He's shut down every year. Every year this happens. And the hyperbole that I hear or I heard about it was insane. This is the fourth year in a row. No, it's not. It happened last year. And you know what the, the date of the last game that Shea played last season was? The 21st of March. Right? 21st of March. He played until the 21st of March last season. So every year, if and the ones that really bug me with this, are thunder, well, if you ever watched any basketball, if you ever paid any attention, you knew the Thunder were going to do this. Do what? Get him hurt? Like he is playing. This is not a shutdown. He is playing in games. Yes, they might limit his minutes, although he played, what, 37 minutes today. Um, he might sit some back-to-backs. That's cool. Like Chris Middleton then therefore has been shut down all season. Al Horford has been shut down all season. Like he, he might miss back-to-backs. They didn't even say that he will sit all back-to-backs. And I am not precluding it. He could get sat on back-to-backs, Shay. He might see his minutes limited as we move forward. They said that they would monitor it. Didn't happen today. And I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going to go. But the level of told you so's, or this is why I'm never drafting him, or this happens every time, like clockwork, on the dot... 
every year. It's going to happen. He's definitely shut down. Look at this. It's shut down. It's just not true. We don't know what they're going to do, but the statements, again, from all Thunder Media as well and from the coach, suggest that they're doing the opposite. They're trying to manage it so he plays through the rest of the season, not so he sits out because they could have just sat him out. They deliberately said if this was another time of the year, he would have sat out, but he is not sitting out. So I don't know how to balance that. We'll talk more about the Thunder later. He was great. They were great. And this he will miss time, and he will have some minutes reduced at some point. No problem with that. that. That'll happen. But the Doom or the people who have deliberately avoided Shea because they were guaranteed that this was going to happen, this is not... He, he has not been shut down. Simple as that. Rob Williams. He's out for 7 to 10 days with a hamstring. Get that garbage out of here! You're in the fantasy playoffs. He's an injury-prone big man who's got a hamstring injury that might be, let's say let's say it's two weeks. It's probably two weeks at least here with a hamstring injury. Um, move on. If you're in a points league, it's a no-brainer. You move on. In a category league, I get it. And again, the, the, the caveat will always be applied here. If you have an open IL slot, you don't need to drop him. But otherwise, you, you can drop. It's frustrating. We'll talk more about what the Celtics did today without Grant Williams. Their game tomorrow is going to be a disaster considering how long this game went for today. But we'll talk about that later on. The other big news, and we talked about this quite a bit yesterday, John Morant out indefinitely. He's got the two-game suspension, but he's also going to be taking time away from the team. It feels like, and I said when I talked about this yesterday, I said, look, this feels like two weeks. The more I think about it, it feels like more than two weeks. Um, again, is he a drop? It's, it's, a, it's a very tough call. It's a very tough call. You're talking about a second-round points guy, a fourth or fifth-round category league player that you just don't know when they're going to be back. He won't be back this week. I feel really comfortable in saying that, but I don't know that for sure. We know that we have to add Tyus Jones, and I'd probably like to wait a little bit for Jar, but let's be honest, as we sit here, me here on the 6th of March, the odds of him playing in March don't feel like they're over 50%, and that makes it really tough to hold on because fantasy season, fantasy playoffs are probably over, by the time he returns would be my guess. But I don't know that. The Pistons, we had the preview show earlier today, the What to Watch For show, saying they had a million guys on the injury report. They actually added two more people to that injury report. Jim Wiseman is questionable, and Roddy Magruder is questionable, and they ruled out Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Duran. So we're going to get big opportunity again for Bagley. We're going to get big opportunity for Bagley the third and maybe Bagley the fourth, whether he plays or not. Killian Hayes is also questionable, so he could be in or out. So we might get, if he is out, that's Burks and Hampton who get big minutes. I feel like this team is going to be as egregiously annoying as what the Spurs are going to be for the rest of the season with guys in and out. And it's just relying upon them on a nightly basis is going to be really, really tough to do. But that's where we sit at the moment. Boyan, Stewart, and Duran are all out. For tomorrow, Hayes is questionable. Wiseman is questionable. Magruder is starting legend. Rodney Magruder is questionable. And Alec Burks is actually off the injury report. Alec Burks. And he could have a fairly sizable role, I would suggest, tomorrow if Hayes is out, with Boyan already out. But Diallo's got a big opportunity there. Um, uh, Livers has an opportunity, but not as good as Diallo, I don't think. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not the daily fantasy that you've seen in the past. It's not lineups and salary caps and all that stuff. It's player projections. It's Marvin Bagley rebounds seven and a half, and you go, hmm, all these guys are out. I'll take more. Or you'll see Jaden Ivey at 14 and a half points. You go, hmm, 
I'll take more. And you get between two to six of those individual player projections. You put them into a lineup and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. Simple as that. You can do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it over 30 states. You can do it in Canada as well. You can do it for many sports. You can do it for Major League Baseball, the NHL, for college basketball, both men's and women's, European basketball, cricket, PGA, MMA, boxing, NASCAR, and of course, disc golf. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Okay. Let's um let's go on to the first game. Early one this was and it was the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. The Suns get the win over Dallas. Um you're trying to get the revenge game going from the playoffs last season. Not that that really makes up for it, but that's what they're trying to do. They get the victory, 130-126, the final score. Durant and Booker just taking every shot. Durant, 40 minutes, minutes restriction over. Told you, he just comes back and he's Durant. 37-7, and seven, three threes, a block, 71% shooting, 10 of 11 from the line. Insane. Devin Booker, 36-5-10, and 10, 40 minutes. Big numbers for both of those guys. And it's everyone else who's just not taking shots now. Aiton took six shots. He had nine and 16 with a block. Still use in that, but usage well down. Chris Paul, 11, 6, and 7 on nine shots, 44%. Okay. Akogi still somehow had the, had 13 shots, which is crazy. He only played 22 minutes, but had nine points on 23% with two steals. I don't think that Josh Akogi is a 12-team league player. There's just too much uncertainty with his shooting, with his minutes, with his shot attempts, for me to look at him as a 12-teamer. Cameron Payne had five assists in his 15 minutes. And then the rest of this team, outside of those main four, Durant, Booker, Aiton, Paul, there's nothing. Like, I'm not interested at all, really, in a Kogi or Payne or Wainwright or Ross or even Tony Warren, who played three garbage time minutes here. They are who they are. And the Mavericks are pretty much the same because Kyrie had 30 points with seven assists in his 37 minutes. Luka Doncic. Oh, stunning. Yeah. 34, 9, and 4, but shot only uh, 35% from the field. But in a rare twist, he went 17 of 19 from the line, Luca. Big gum- games from those guys. And it was also Tim Hardaway who chimed in. 21 with six triples. Now, there's nothing else. 21, 1, and 1. That's what Hardaway does. And you never know what you're going to get. Eight points on 15 shots or 21 points on 10 shots. The 10 shots is a little concerning because that's low usage. And the fact that he had to hit 60% to get to this makes it hard to rely upon. But as a three-point streamer, sure. Josh Green started and went scoreless in 28 minutes. He had three rebounds and nothing else. And you do not need Josh Green in 12-team leagues. In fact, I implore you to not have Josh Green in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! The Crucifix played 22 minutes, 17 points for Christian Wood. That's good on the surface, but remember, Muxy Kleber was out. So if he only got 22 minutes again with no Kleber, is he going to be under 20 next game? I think that if you wanted to drop Wood, do it. Like, the 17 points is nice, but the upside feels so bloody limited with this guy that if it doesn't make sense on your schedule, if it doesn't make sense in your team, don't look at him as a, whoa, whoa, what if? Like, this 22 minutes might actually be high watermark because without Kleber, they played him a little bit more. They didn't get McGee into the rotation. So if Kleber plays, where the hell does Wood sit? Probably not even at 17 points in 22 minutes, honestly. So I would expect him to drop off. From there, and that means if you want to drop him, go ahead. Reggie Bullock, 10 points with two threes in 39 minutes. He's just a three-point streamer at this point. I don't really see much change in there. 
the Pacers and the Bulls. 125 Indiana, 122 Chicago. There was no Aaron Neesmith, so they started Jordan Wara. But of course, starting Jordan Wara meant that for some reason, he had to play him the low Aaron Neesmith role. Why? I don't know. 22 minutes for Nwora, 10-5-2 with a steal. I like him in deeper leagues, but that's really about it. While Nembhard continues to fall off, four points in 20 minutes. Jesus. He has really, really fallen apart. And with Neesmith out, we got Brissett back into the rotation. He had 10 points in 19. They went again with Isaiah Jackson as the backup center, 6-7 and seven with a block. I have zero confidence that Jackson's the backup tomorrow. I thought he would be the backup today, but it could be back to Jalen Smith tomorrow. That is actually what I'm expecting, so we'll see what happens there. Duarte had 15 points with five threes. Last two games from Duarte have been really, really strong. But with Duarte and Heald and Warren and Nembhard and McConnell and Matherin, the minutes just aren't consistent. So I'm not adding. Well, Matherin had a good game, 17-4-3 and in 34 minutes. But of course, a lot of other games are bad. And he's not a must-roster guy. Halliburton was questionable heading into this one. No update on whether he's playing tomorrow, but I'd watch that one. 19-3-11 for Tyrese, while Turner had 16-3 and with three blocks. I wouldn't be shocked if Halliburton and Turner sit tomorrow, which might open quite a bit for Smith and for McConnell and for Jackson. Maybe. For the Bulls, Zach Levine, 42 points. Four rebounds and four assists, while Vooch had 12-9-5. and five. It's Vucevic. Three steals and two blocks as well. Really good game from Vuce, who had fallen off a little bit prior to this. Well, let's do a check-in on DeMar DeRozan's free throw shooting. Ah, there we go. Back in business. Four or four from the line. He had 23, five and three with no defensives there. So they also changed their starting lineup up again. Patrick Williams back to the bench. Alex Caruso back starting. Two steals for Caruso in 27 minutes. That's what he brings. He brings steals and he brought them. So if you need steals, he's there. While Williams had 14 in 21 minutes, he's only a deeper league player. Pat Beverly had that one game where he had, what, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and he shit out in every other one. 5, 6, and 3 for Beverly in 32 minutes, but his minutes are so well up that it's pushed Desumu to basically garbage minutes. 15 minutes for Desumu. Neither of those guys are 12. Beverly's maybe a 14-team league guy, but even then, I'm not 100% convinced he's going to maintain 14-team league value for the rest of the way. The next game, the Golden State Warriors. They lose to the Lakers, 113-105. For Golden State, the good news is Steph returned. 32 minutes, 27-2-6 with five threes. But 32 minutes in his first game back is huge. There is still no Andrew Wiggins, and I don't know if he's going to be available to play on Tuesday. So that means we just keep holding the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, who played a team-high 37 minutes. 11-7-6 on 25% shooting. Now, that's obviously horrible, the shooting. But the other stuff's good, and the minutes are good. We hold on. I talked earlier today on the waiver Wire show about John Kaminga. Everyone was adding John Kaminga. I said, yeah, I'm not really sure that this level of efficiency and playing time is going to stick. Well, five points, 20% shooting, 13 minutes. I didn't think he'd play this little, honestly. I didn't think Andre Iguodala would come in and steal his minutes, but he did. So obviously, obviously we should feel okay if we're dropping John Kaminga. Get that garbage out! This was the last game on the two-way contract for Shiploke Anthony Lamb. Six points in 27 minutes with six rebounds and two threes. I don't know whether they sign him to a full-time contract. They'll have to get rid of uh, Lester Quinones, who's on that 10-day, to bring Lamb on. Um, we'll see. But we're only looking at him in very deep formats. Well, Jordan Poole shockingly struggled coming off the bench. 10 points, 28 minutes, 27% shooting. That's been the story of Poole's season, really. 
Draymond had an issue with his hand. He did play through it, but let's watch that. 15-8-3, and three, while Clay had 22-5-3 in Steph's return. For the Lakers, Davis was amazing. 39-8-6 with two blocks. And it was also another good game from Austin Reeves. Now, we still don't know what happens when D'Angelo Russell returns. But Reeves had 16-2-8, a steal, and a block with three threes. And that's three of the four games without LeBron that Reeves has been really good. And the one in between, he was shithouse. He should have played more in that one still. Reeves is a 12-team streamer. I wouldn't rush to add him, but he has a little bit of value there. Jared Vanderbilt Bar, 24 minutes, 10 and 13. I think he's a good player, but there's just not huge upside in him, unfortunately. Roster him, sure, but he's not this savior sort of a player. Troy Brown, what is this? 41 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 4 threes. That's a great game. I think he will lose his starting spot when Russell returns, and they'll keep Schroeder and Russell starting, but they might not. So we just watch that a little bit. While Schroeder, the shooting is terrible. 11 points, 31% with six assists, but there's enough there to have him rostered for the time being. While Malik Beasley, we know the problems with him. This is not bad, 12 points with three rebounds, but if we're not getting multiple threes in, then what are we doing? 12 points, one three, nothing else. That's the problem with him. Over the last week, despite you know what seems like good numbers, he's 178th in categories. It's not really good enough. I think he's still holding, but he's not the absolute got to hold on under all circumstances sort of a player because of the limited contributions and the inconsistency in those limited contributions. Lonnie Walker had seven in 15 minutes. Hello. And Hachimura had two in 20 minutes. Remember when Hachimura was going to be their savior? <laughs> um, Mo Bamba sprained his ankle after two minutes. So Winyan Gabriel got those minutes. Hachimura and Mo Bamba are still rostered in like 15% of 12 team leagues. There's, that's ridiculous. There's absolutely zero need for that to be a thing. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And when you're looking for a delicious treat, you want something that's going to be good for you. That's what Built Bar is. Covered in 100% real chocolate, these taste amazing. Instead of going for a candy bar, which of course tastes good too, but those things are so laden with high calories and fat and sugar and no protein. Built Bar, the opposite. All those other bad things, really low. The good things like taste and protein, very high. And now, instead of just going to Built.com, you can go straight into a Walmart or a Sam's Club and find them. In Walmart, they've got the four-bar boxes, coconut puff, cookies and cream, and double chocolate. In a Sam's Club, they've got two different flavors, churro and brownie batter in a 13-bar box. So go to Built.com, get your boxes, get them delivered to your house. Simple stuff. Or in a Walmart, they're right there, or a Sam's Club, they're right there as well. Built Bar is built different. The Hornets and the Nets. The Nets, 102, Charlotte, 86. Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. 10 and 14. Would have liked a little bit more from Williams in terms of minutes. I'm a, I'm a little worried or need to watch, is PJ Washington going to play more small ball impacting Mark? I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm not super worried. I'm still obviously must roster, but I'm a little worried there. Dennis Smith, 15, 6 and 6. Good game from him. He is a 12-team league guy, but many people ask this, would you drop him for Tyus Jones? Yes, I would. I would. Gordon Haywood had 12-4-3, and three, and Oubre, he's going to miss a lot of shots, man. Your field goal percentage is going to feel really sore after every time he plays. But 17, he's going to take a lot of them as well. 17-7 and seven with a block. It's an absolutely huge recipe for losing, but maybe that's what they want. While Rogier had 16 points on a uh, equally, actually worse, field goal percentage, 29%, 16-4-4. Four four. Good to see PJ Washington Jr. return, 8-8 eight eight with two threes, but he also somehow shot worse than both Oubre and Rogier. At 27%. He's prone to that. We know that. It makes him very hard to roster at times, but also the good times are awesome. The inconsistency is what kills you. But the Nets, Mikhail Bridges, 41 minutes. Jacques, settle down. 
33 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and a block. Elite efficiency. Got to the line. He looks awesome. He looks. He's really taken on. Even when he was tasked with a larger usage role in Phoenix, he didn't look this good. He looks amazing here. Well, Dinwiddie had 24, 8, and 8 with two blocks, and Claxton only 27 minutes for Clax, but 8 and 12 with three blocks. Still getting it done. We just hope there's a little bit more there. Finney Smith, yeah, two blocks is okay, but we're only looking at him as like a 14-teamer, while Cam Johnson had a bit of a knock to the nose, went to the locker room, returned, had 11 and 10. The shots just wouldn't fall. 23% on 13 attempts. They'll be better. What about the bench? Cam Thomas played seven minutes for the second consecutive game. To be honest, I don't think he's going to play seven minutes a night moving forward. I think he is going to have runs where he's at 20 minutes a night, but he's so one-dimensional. He's so limited in his game. He's so limited in his minutes. that You can't wait for that to happen because it literally might not come. And when it does come, you know, how reliable is he going to be? The answer is probably not very. And he's just not giving us anything. Seth Curry had to, Seth Curry looks cooked, man. Two points on O of eight shooting in 16 minutes. Well, Joe Harris was actually pretty good. 12 points in 18 minutes. But the Nets get a huge victory here over the Charlotte Hornets. The next game we look at is the Portland Trailblazers and the Orlando Magic. Should I do the song even though they lost? Yeah, why not? 122 Portland, 119 Orlando. Lillard was great again. Again, this guy just can't be stopped. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. 41, 9, and 6, two steals and a block. Didn't shoot well, 40%, but getting to the line 20 times and hitting 17 is awesome. Jeremy Grant, also pretty strong. 20 and 6, 7 assists, a steal and two blocks. Now, his defensive stats have been off this year, but it's good to see him get them. And there was no Anthony Simons. The problem here, they play tomorrow. I don't know whether Simons are going to play or Nurkic is going to play or Winslow is going to play. I'll assume they aren't. So Reddish, who played 37 minutes, is worth looking at. But Reddish could also have three points next game. He had 16, 5, and 3, two steals and two triples. They're leaning heavily into him over their homegrown lottery pick rookie, Shaden Sharp, which is a confusing call, but that's what they're doing. 16, 5, and 3 for Reddish is great, and that's streamable. That's 12 teamable. We also got more minutes for Nasir Little. 27 minutes, 11, 5, and 3 with three threes, while Eubanks had uh, 13 and 6. Not a bad game, just no blocks from Drew, while Thibault struggled in this one. Six points on 29%, but he brought eight rebounds. Just we didn't get the bulk defensive stats, which is what really carries him. We still roster Matisse Thibel, but understand that some of the big offensive games that he was producing for us, they're just not a realistic feature. That's not going to be there for him every game. For the Magic, they were without um, Wendell Carter, who was a late scratch in this one, and so was Gary Harris. So two starters down. They started flaming Mo Wagner at center. Mo Wagner played 33 minutes and had 15 and 7. Not a great game. 4 of 7 from the line hurts as well. But still, if, if Wendell's out, we stream him in. Now, this is a situation where you thought, hey, we could have had a real big opportunity for Bowl. No Gary Harris, no John Isaac, no Wendell Carter Jr. And Bowl played 17 minutes. It's just not enough. I don't know what happened at the start of the year where he was playing 30 minutes. And I, I, know, I know what happened. About five rotation players were out. But he's just out of favor. 9, 8, and 3 is not a bad line. A triple 1 is really good. But I'm not worried about him in 12s. Fultz, 15, 5, and 8, 4 steals, continues to be great. While Franz Wagner, who did have a bit of an ankle problem, played through it, 24, 2, and 6. The interesting one here is Jalen Suggsy Suggs. 35 minutes, 15, and 4, 3 steals. He started with Gary Harris out and played well next, next to Fultz. Will this be the impetus that Jamal Mosley needs to keep him as the starter next to Harris? I'd like to think so, but I'm not convinced. But I don't. It is hard to take flyers on people at this point of the year in fantasy playoffs because he might go to the bench and play 24 minutes next game. But 
I don't. I wouldn't rule out him maintaining a starting role. Sugsy. Three steals is good. Again, he's going to hurt you in a lot of areas. He's shooting in particular. And the minutes will probably be reduced. But it's not bad to look at him. Cole Anthony didn't really do much. And this is him as well. Five points, 22%. He might have 17 points on six shots next game. <clears throat> when they come, you've got no idea. And the ups and downs in his playing time and his production makes it really hard to label him must roster. Well, Polo was good with 26, 5, and 2, triple one. Seven of 10 from lines, a little bit annoying, but everything else really, really sold there for Paulo Banquero. Let's talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder now in there again. There's a lot to talk about. They beat the Jazz comfortably. The 10-point margin probably doesn't do it justice. 129-119. Let's talk Jazz first. They signed Chris Dunn to another 10-day. I think they'll sign him rest of the season. 17-2-3, three threes in 27 minutes. And while Sexton out, is out, he's a 12-team league option. Horton Tucker, 24 minutes, and that's fewer minutes than Dunn. First time that's happened. 11-3-3 for Horton Tucker, who still can be a 12-teamer, but we know he has some issues. Kessler, 17-10 and 10 with five blocks for the big fella, while Olenek had 15-10-5. Good numbers there. And Jordy Clarkson, the man on the street, he returned. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 18-4-12. We love that. Solid enough game from Oshai Baji as well. 14 points with two steals in 31 minutes, but I'm not rushing in 12 or even 14 team leagues to add him. He just isn't a guy that's shown enough as a regular uh, permanent producer for me to get excited, even if he is a short-term starter. For the Thunder, as I was talking about, Shea played 37 minutes. 38, 7, and 4, three steals, a block, 59 shooting, 89, or actually 90% from the line on 19 attempts. It's insane. These numbers are crazy. There is absolutely zero minutes restriction in this game. But I am not precluding it. My point earlier in the show was, just to clarify, because I've been sitting here thinking, oh, did I make the right point? Sitting here that say, that statement from Dagnot did not say that he is done. Like People are like panicking. Now, they play two back-to-backs next week, which is bad news. Will he play both of those back-to-backs? I've got no idea. I would expect he sits at least one game. And I think the minutes for him, instead of 37, right, which is a lot, maybe 34? But again, what I am pushing back on is the I told you so's and the the narratives of, well, all you had to do is pay attention. If you didn't pay attention, what are you doing, man? You just don't know what you're talking about. Like that sort of theory about what the Thunder do because it gets overblown and misrepresented all the time. I have no idea what happens from here on out, but it's pretty bloody good today. Speaking of pretty bloody good. Broncos country. Let's ride. Yeah, it's fucking right indeed, mate. 32, 5, and 5, two steals, two blocks, four threes, 80% shooting. Now, this is going to come down in a huge way. He's a top 15 player over the last week. He's now 87th for the season. It is, But it is going to come down. He is shooting the lights out. He is getting a million steals. All right, it is going to come down. But I said in the preseason, wait, I think by January, he'll be better than Lou Dort. Well, that's gone. That is, that's, that's done, right? We know that. He is probably better than Josh Giddy at this point. The interesting thing is where he fits in the pecking order behind Shea and Chet and incoming rookie next season. He is really good. 32, 5, and 5, two steals, two blocks, four threes is amazing from Jalen Williams. Amazing. Giddy was good as well, man. Like, I'm not going to say he was bad. 24, 9, and 9. That's awesome. Well, even Usman Jeng was good. 20 minutes. 12 and 4, two threes and two steals. And Jeng is playing a little bit better of late, but we're not doing anything there in fantasy. Lou Dort was shit house, four points, 11%. If I had Lou Dort in a dynasty league, I'd be shitting myself because I don't think there is any real way, maybe I'm wrong, 
I don't think he's guaranteed a starting spot next season. Well, Chet's going to take one of those spots and Chet will start at center. But will they really want to go with Jalen Williams at the four? Will they want to move him into the three? Will they get another draft pick who plays the four? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very worried about Lou Dort's rotation value future. Isaiah Joe, only six points, but they're both on threes. That's what he does. He's a three-point streamer and he delivered that. And the nights that Shea sits out, we stream him even in shallower formats. Otherwise, he's just a deeper league guy. While Pig Williams, ugh, two rebounds in 20 minutes. We can't really trust that. Also, Jeremiah Robinson now out of the rotation for two straight games. Very interesting. Sharich had eight and three in 14 minutes, while uh, Aaron Wiggins had one point in 15 minutes. We can't really trust his playing time at all. So my main takeaway with the Thunder is don't overreact to the Shea stuff. Don't be ready to celebrate that he's not getting shut down. Don't be ready to celebrate that he is getting shut down. Just understand that he is playing and what you may have taken out of it, despite certain fantasy sides playing a Shea, brackets, Wembenyama, brackets, tanking, going to sit games. It's not quite as accurate as what the reality is here. Not saying he's not going to sit games. Not saying he's not going to reduce minutes because he is. That is going to happen. But this is not the end of Shea's season, as some people were quick to jump to. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't know why it annoys me so much. I guess because it's just like his narrative that takes off that's not true. Again, he played until March 21st last season. It just, uh, there's just something about it that frustrates me. The next game. Wow. The Spurs and the Rockets. What, I don't know what to take out of what the Spurs do and the Rockets do, to be honest with you. Probably the Spurs more to, more to the point. 142 Houston, 110 San Antonio. And San Antonio had no Zach Collins, no Trey Jones, no Jeremy Sohan, no Doug McDermott. So I think they're just going to be all guys in and out of rotations all season. And they do not play till Friday. I would hold on to Vassell. I would probably hold on to Calden. And I would drop everybody else. I would consider Zach Collins a drop. If you can get by, you hold him. He's the third one. But I wouldn't hold Trey Jones. I wouldn't hold Sohan. I obviously wouldn't hold McDermott. I wouldn't hold Bassey. I wouldn't hold Graham. I wouldn't hold Branham. No games for four days is impossible to deal with unless you're talking real stud stuff. Now, as for Vassell, he played 29 minutes today, started, had 13 points, five assists. Only shot 33%, but some encouraging stuff. While Branham had 13 and seven on elite efficiency, but how do we know every game what's going to happen with rotations? Like there are three starters that didn't play in this game. Collins, Jones, and Sohan. Like it's very hard to know game by game. Old mate Goldfinger, 25 minutes for Charlie Bassey, 14 and six with a block. Thank you for your service. We'll add you again on Friday. Well, Devontae Graham had 14, 2, and 4 in 24 minutes, and he's a drop, clearly. It was a stinker from the horse, Calden Johnson. Whose horse is that? 8, 4, and 5 on 30% shooting. He's been better, but he's 131st in category leagues. He's 209th over the last week. Maybe he's not a hold. I think he probably is, but his, his category league game is so limited. His efficiency can be bad, like it was today, and the lack of defensive stats uh, does hurt. So I get it if you do want to drop him because of those deficiencies. Keta Bates-Diop had 13, sorry, 17 points in 23 minutes. I honestly, like, there's no guarantee he plays every night because Collins, Jones, Sohan, McDermott, they will all probably get some minutes, maybe even Langford. People have to miss out. They also played Mamu 17 minutes, Sandro Mamakalishvili, six and four in those minutes, while Don Barlow had seven and four in 23 for the Rockets. Cousin Kev played 32 minutes. Kevin Porter, 19, 4, and 13, while the delicate dancer, 
Alperen Shingun got 27 minutes. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. You would have hoped for a few more, but 15 and 14 with three steals and a block is pretty good. And Jalen Green also 31 points. Now, Green is a little bit Tim Hardaway. It's points, and then I'm not sure what else is going on. 31, 2, and 2, but he shot well, and he's been pretty good over the last week or so. The big news, I think, is 30 minutes again for Tari Tank season. 17 and 8, 1, 3, 1 steal, 54 from the field. Now, 2 or 4 from the line is not great, but he's got to be rostered. We've seen the minutes push up. Finally, it's happening. We're here. It's done. KJ Martin, only 27 minutes, 13 and 3. Well, it was a good game from the Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate. Um, 16 points, a triple one, 23 minutes. Good, but he shot 71%. And I just don't really think we need to worry about adding him. And Jabari Smith, man, I was so wrong on him in the preseason. I thought he'd be consistently solid with his shooter, get some good defensive stats. He's been bad basically all year. In saying that, he's still, what, 170 seconds. So he's not dreadful, but he's obviously bad for where you drafted him and not really a 12-team league guy. So move on. 11 and 4 for Jabari in his 27 minutes. Again, you would have loved to have got a little bit extra there, but it was a blowout, to be fair. Jalen Green only played 27 minutes. Shangoon only played 27 minutes. So there was some blowout factors involved in that as well. The New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics, a double overtime. The Knicks win at 131-129. There was no Jalen Brunson, so Emmanuel quickly played 55 minutes. Uh, what? 55 minutes. Didn't miss a single second in the second half or both overtimes. Crazy. 38, 8, and 7, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 5 triples. Did this game, even though he was a starter, did this seal him as the sixth man of the year? Maybe. That's an amazing game. We keep rolling with him. I thought he'd lose quite a bit with Josh Hart back, but they actually took quite a bit of it off of RJ Barrett, and he's been solid. Some days he'll only play 24 minutes, which is frustrating. This is ridiculous. The double royal Julius Randle also had 31 points. while RJ Barrett played 50, had 29 and 11 with three threes. This doesn't mean that Barrett's back because, again, no Brunson helped. Joshy Hart, 40 minutes, 10 and 8. He would have hoped for a little bit more in the more minutes there. Well, imagine a time where Mitch Robinson can play 44 minutes. We got it. Wasn't a great night. He didn't block a single shot, which is wild, but 13 and 14 for him is strong and still only 25 minutes for Quentin Grimes. Four points for him. You can obviously go and drop in. Only 10 minutes for Hartenstein, too. People are still holding him in 12. I don't really know why. You can go drop him there. For the Celtics, there was no Rob Williams. There was no Malcolm Brogdon. Horford played 46 minutes. He's 100% not playing tomorrow. 20 and 14, six assists, one steal, two blocks, six triples. A gigantic game. Jalen Brown, 29 and eight with four steals and a block. Is he going to sit tomorrow? I'd say there's a big chance. Jason Tatum, 49 minutes. Had to go take a piss multiple times during the game in the locker room. 40 and 11 with six triples and six... Assists on 30 attempts. A risk of him sitting tomorrow, I would say, as well. 32 minutes for Derek White. I would have liked a little bit more from him. Maximum Derek. But he's going to have a huge chance tomorrow. 12 and 6, a triple one. We roll with him. Understand there can be drop moments coming up when they're healthy, but they're not, so it doesn't matter. Marcus Smart had 13, 3 and 4, and Grant Williams went from DNP to 44 minutes. 9 and 6, and we still don't need to roster him because he's not a very good fantasy player, but he had 9 and 6, and he did play a lot of minutes. They went with an eight-man rotation, and a double overtime game. Mascala played 12 and Hauser played 20 and neither of those guys did anything in that playing time they were given. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Wizards. The Bucks win at 117-111. 
Is Giannis back with defensive stats? I don't know. Giannis and he had three blocks, so that's good. 23, 10, and 13. The triple-double was egregious. Right at the end of the game, no one was trying. He just threw the ball off the backboard to himself so he could get his 10th rebound. But he went 11 and 15 from the line and was 50% from the field. Solid. Better game. Drew 19, 2, and 7, while Brook Lopez had 15 and 6. But another bad Bobby Portis night. And I think we'd get rid of him. 5 and 7 in 9, 10 minutes. The upside to minutes requires a few injuries here, and they're not there. Middleton was out of this game, so bear that in mind when looking at Grayson Allen's 31 minutes or Javon Carter's 22. Carter had 20 points with six threes. We know he gets hot, and he'll have one point next game. While Allen is always a good three-point streamer, he had three threes here in his 31 minutes, but um, with no Middleton and Dragic maybe being a part of things, it's hard to get excited. Crowder also only played 14 minutes here. For the Wiz, no Kuzma. So they started Anthony Gill. I, I don't know why, but they did, and he had two points, which is... Awesome. Well, Kispert had 11 with three threes in 35 minutes, 36 minutes. Actually, a bit disappointing that without Kuzma, Dan Gafford played only 24 minutes. Again, that solidifies my theory that Kuzma's minutes don't have actually anything to do with Gafford's playing time. Yeah, He played 31 last game or two games ago with Kuzma, and then without Kuzma, he plays fewer minutes. Eight and six. That's bad. I still think he's a hold. The schedule works in his favor, but it's frustrating. It was a big Denny Avdia game. After shitting himself last game, he had 17-6 and six with three steals and two triples. Still just streamer and useful when their schedule works in your favor. Beal had 33, while Porzingis had 12-13 and 13 with two blocks. And it wasn't the best D-Lon Wright game, but 10-3-5 with two steals is absolutely good enough, and he remains an absolute 12-team must-roster player. And the last game of the night was uh, pretty crazy. The Grizzlies went up huge. They scored 51 points in the third quarter, and then went seven and a half minutes scoring two points in the fourth quarter. They lose to the Clippers 135-129. A lot of guys out for Memphis. Obviously, Ja Morant is out. Steven Adams was out, and Dylan Brooks was suspended. So they entered into the starting lineup, Tyus Jones and David Roddy. Jonesy, 36 minutes, 25, 3 and 12, 5 steals, 5 triples, 64% shooting. It will not be as good as this. But he is clearly a must-roster player. I don't know when Jar is back, but Tyus Jones is a must-roster player every single league, every single format. Baino had 30 and 4 with 6 assists and 4 triples, and Jaron had 24 and 5 with a gigantic Richie Benno. 2 for 2, 2, 2. Two threes, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. The Duck, Luke Kennard, also stepped up without Brooks. 29 minutes for him, 15 points, 5 threes. He was a good streamer. I think Brooks will hurt him, although... I do think without Jar, there is a chance for Kennard to be a bit of a ball handler in that second unit. And they didn't use Kennedy Chandler as a backup point guard. So maybe Kennard can just push maybe into 14-team league value. Xavier T. Ullman played 34 minutes, 13-5 and five with two steals. Rough shooting night from the field and from the line for Tillman. But we keep rolling with him until Adams comes back, which might be next game, might be a couple more games. Um, Roddy, I said, had eight points with two steals, but I don't think we need to worry too much about that. And then you've got um, uh, Lil John Concha. 20 minutes with five points and a steal. Not the biggest opportunity here. There was an opportunity, sorry, but with it, with Canard in town, um, he just doesn't get it, and he's not going to play that many minutes as we move forward. For the Clippers, thought this was going to be a disaster, but Paul George was really good, I thought, towards the end especially. 42 and 11, yes, it was a foul against Jaron Jackson, I'm sure it was. 42 and 11, four threes, great shooting from the field and from the line. And Kawhi also, 34 and 10, really turned it on to, towards the end of the game. He was 13 of 13 from the line, Kawhi Leonard. They moved Eric Gordon to the bench, but he played starters minutes. 33 minutes, 17 points. We're not overreacting today. He took seven shots. He hit six of them. That's really good. But we're not adding him outside of those deep formats. While 
Uh, Plumley played 21 minutes, the Cockroach 15 and 9, and Zubats had 6 and 9 in 18 minutes. Now, some of that is just uh, Zubats's calf. They said they were going to limit his minutes. We don't need to have Plumley on our roster. And the Clippers, remember, played two games this week. So with two games this week, like holding on to Mason Plumley doesn't make sense. Honestly, having Zubats on your roster doesn't really make sense either. With only two games, limited minutes, fantasy playoffs, I don't think you need to hold him. Westbrook, in a category league, I don't know what happens here. Let's just state, 34 minutes, nine points, no threes, five rebounds, six assists, 44% shooting. He had four turnovers. I still don't think he makes any sense in this lineup whatsoever. And they've got two games this week. Will they make a change? I don't think they will, considering they won this game. Um, but with two games, is Westbrook enough to hold on to? It's very borderline. In a points league, he probably will be. In a category league, I don't think so. Terrence Mann, obviously not. 18 minutes. Batum, 17 minutes. Marcus Morris, 25. He got benched for the second half. Um, Batum started over him, but he still played more minutes than Batum. And um, yeah, so Covington, who was great last game without Leonard, DMP. So if you did add Covington, and I know a lot of people did, obviously not a part of their rotation with a healthy squad, so you can go ahead and drop Covington. And the fact that they won today, even though it was looking dreadful, makes me think that wholesale rotation changes won't necessarily be coming any point quickly. And again, they have two games. So if you need to drop guys, Westbrook, Zubats, Plumley, Gordon, Morris, Batum, like the value of them this week is really, really low. Your monstrous line of the night does go to Emmanuel Quickly, 55-minute legend Emmanuel Quickly. The waiver wire line of the night is Denny Avdia. Young gun is the Bronco Jalen Williams. And the dud of the night is Jordan Poole. The top 10 players in category leagues, Emmanuel Quickly at one, Tyus Jones two, Halliburton three, Shea Gildas-Alexander at four, Paul George at five, Jalen Williams six, Al Horford seven, Kevin Durant eight, Josh Giddy at nine, and Kawhi Leonard at 10. Your top 10 players rostered under 50. Number one is Denny Avdia. Good game today. I don't really trust it. Austin Reeves, the stream, the stream value in Avdia, Reeves, and Dunn for sure. Chris Dunn was at number three on that list. When Sexton comes back, I'm not sure he actually plays, but he's got value now. Luke Kennard, I think there is some stream value in him. He's at four and Hardaway's at five. All five of those first guys on that list have 12-team stream value. Jay Sean Tate at six, I'm not that interested in. Eric Gordon at seven. We just talked about the two-game week. Bol Bol was pretty good, but the low minutes worry me. Nasir Little, I'm not convinced. And Javon Carter, absolutely not. Top 10 players in points leagues. Number one, quickly, followed by Lillard, Tyus Jones, Anthony Davis, Yanni Antetokounmpo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jason Tatum, Paul George, Devin Booker, and the Bronco, Jalen Williams. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. An update, I did win my matchup in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. So we're down to the final four in each division now. We'll see how we go with that one next week. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.